Tarek Skubal is him today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? What a weekend. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, May 16th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. What a weekend. What a weekend. The Detroit Tigers have not lost since the last time we spoke. Spent a whole weekend. We we didn't miss a beat. Well, we raised a lot of beats, actually. Not not very many beats were had before Friday. Haven't missed one since. This analogy doesn't make sense anymore. What a weekend, though. Tigers sweep the Baltimore Orioles, capitalized by a five to one gem of a performance by Tarek Skubal on. Sunday, that's the day, on Sunday. Unbelievable. Fantastic all around. The pitching continues to to not be a, a problem at all. Like, the, the, the pitching has been unbelievably solid. Yes, we will talk about Gregory Soto and everything at one point. But the, the pitching unit, starters, bullpen, etc., all of it, has been so good for the Detroit Tigers this season. And this weekend was no different. Baltimore is not a very good team. That's not a surprise to anybody. This isn't some monumental, oh my goodness, you know, we swept the Dodgers in LA or something. But it's, I mean, we just dropped four of five to Oakland. I don't don't care if it was a team that was going to go 0-162. If they played Major League Baseball and and breathe oxygen, I was going to take it as a major victory of a weekend. Gonna take my laps. It, it, it was, and we all should. It's a great sign. The offense was hitting a little bit. Again, not against phenomenal pitching by any means, but they haven't even been able to do that this season. So we will gladly take it. The pitching as a whole only gave up three runs to the O's all weekend. All three games combined, the Orioles scored three runs, a two to four victory for the Tigers on Friday, a three nothing shutout on Saturday, and then the 5-1 to one victory uh, for Tarek Skubal on Sunday. All around, just, just incredible. Like I said, it was really every facet of pitching as well. I guess we can start with the starters. <laughs> that makes sense. Get it? <laughs> start with the starters, baby. Uh, Tarek Skubal was phenomenal. We're, we're going to start with him. Um when you talk about the – the like I said last time he pitched, I don't really care about, like, the ace title. It doesn't really mean that much to me as a fan. I know it means something to the pitchers, and I know that in the postseason it takes on kind of a different meaning. But as a whole, I don't really care about, like, who my team's ace is per se. I don't really care about who, like, the number one pitcher is. Um but if if you had to pick one, I think everyone and their mother is picking Tarek Skubal at this point. 
I think that's pretty self-explanatory. He has been unbelievable all season, and he capitalized that by one of the best performances of his Major League Baseball career on Sunday. Man, I don't know why I keep forgetting what day of the week like Sunday is. Sunday just keeps escaping my brain. But, I mean, he, he was he was damn near flawless. He went six innings, three hits, no runs, two walks, and 11 strikeouts, tying a career high. Um, There's not enough I can say about it to really just fully grasp how dominant of a performance it was. The the, the three hits weren't even like crazy – uh, you know, like the ball was cranked and you know, like home runs or like crazy extra base hits. Like they were, you know, like solid ish singles for the most part. And he ended with two walks. Did I say two walks? I feel like I might've said no walks or one walk. I don't know what I said. If I said two walks, then we're chilling, but I genuinely don't remember what I said just 30 seconds ago. He ended with two walks and they came, uh, at the end of his outing. And I want to give a ton of credit to this coaching staff for leaving him in the game. Cause this is a, a situation where a year ago, Tarek Skubal does not finish that inning last summer. If he's in the exact same situation, he's not finishing that inning. They're going out there. And after he walked the, probably the first dude, but definitely the second dude, he's getting pulled from this game. Also, I'm recording this in the middle of a crazy thunderstorm, crazy loud thunderstorm in the metro Detroit area. So if that comes through in the audio, I apologize, um, but I, I can't help it. It's very loud. So uh, it's just it's nice development and it's nice, nice growth to see him, A, get out of it without giving up a run. He put two runners on and then got, still got out of the inning. But even more so just the coaching staff having that faith in him and, and giving him that long leash of like, this is your inning. This is your start. You're getting out of this. And he walks away with a one of the best performances of his career. His ERA on the season is now 2.04, which is even more remarkable considering like a day or two ago, oh, it was probably like three or four days ago now, the MLB just randomly added runs onto his ERA. Like that, they were just like, oh yeah, in that last start, you actually gave up way more runs. Like the, the errors weren't actually errors and we're fixing this. Like, okay, thanks a lot. What? We're, we're what, 11 years removed from Armando Galarraga still not having a perfect game, but we're just going to hose our new prospect because you think that the score at the game that you pay to keep score of the game was wrong. All right, dude, whatever. Lame. But almost as a sub two ERA, even on top of it. Um, and that's what back to back shutouts for him. Not complete game shutouts, obviously, but back to back, no runs given up for school. I think it's at what 14, 13 consecutive innings without a run, 13 or 14. Uh, depends on what inning he gave up a couple of starts ago. But the biggest thing is just the development of his pitch mix is so unbelievably impressive. The slider is thrown just as much as the four seam. In the last couple of starts, it's been thrown more than the four seam. 
In this game on Sunday, they were thrown almost the exact same amount, 32 times for the four seam, 31 times for the slider, both inducing six whiffs. The sinker thrown 19 times, had three whiffs. The changeup thrown 13 times, had five whiffs. That is a 63% whiff percentage. Eight swings is very important to that percentage I just gave you. Out of the eight times people swung at the changeup, 63% of it was swung through. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal. Then the knuckle curve was thrown five times and just for good measure had a whiff on it as well. That is 21 whiffs in six innings for Tarek Skubal. That is unreal, dog. That's crazy. That is unbelievably high. Like, we were freaking out when Alex Fiedo had 17. We were like, oh, my goodness, okay. Tarek Skubal usually consistently in that teens, right, like 13 to 15 range, maybe 11 to, like, 14 range is more realistic, but – this game was just on one. 21 whiffs on 56 swings. That is almost just under a 40% whiff percentage. And the called strikes plus whiffs was 33%. So a 33% CSW percentage. That's that number we like to bring up. How many of the pitches that were thrown were strikes, either called or swung through? 33%. That is crazy. One out of every three pitches he threw was just a called strike, or not a called strike, was just a strike period. Unbelievably impressive. Um, the league average for starters is tends to be around like the high 20s percentage. Uh, so anything when you get into the mid-30s is unbelievably impressive. And Tarek Skubal was on one. He was absolutely on one. I know why we just burned through the entire first segment just talking about Scooby, and we had a lot of other... Well, I don't know, a lot. It was three games. We had a couple other uh, impressive pitching outings this weekend as well. We will certainly get to. But first, I got to tell you all about BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back to segment two here at <clears> – I almost just choked on myself. Goodness. At – Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Venley. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Now podcast recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay. We had a couple other uh, really, really solid pitching performances, and we, we're going to talk about the bullpen too. I guess for we can just talk about Erod and then just naturally transition straight into the bullpen because Saturday ended up accidentally being a bullpen game. So we'll just do it that way, and then we'll get to the offense and a couple of roster moves in the third and final segment. Um, Erod pitched on Friday, and for the second outing in a row for him, he was lights out as well. He would end with six and two-thirds, five hits, four walks, and three strikeouts. Um, the 
that's back-to-back no runs given up for him as well i believe right he he had a he had a shutout against uh oh no it, it was the one hit he gave up in houston was a home run so he's given up one run in his last two outings his last like almost 14 innings pitch only given up one run and scooble has been about the same innings given up no runs so that is a great top two to a rotation uh all the people that made jordan zimmerman comparisons I hope you feel as ridiculous as it sounded the second you made them because that has never been uh, an even remotely feasible uh, comment to make. That was always absolutely ridiculous, so I hope you feel ridiculous for saying it. Jordan Zimmerman, not quite. Not quite. Uh, So with Erod on Friday... The um the biggest thing again, like he did end with the four walks, and a couple of his walks came later in the outing as well, similar to uh Tarek Skubal. But it was just a really it was a clinic on attacking the strike zone. And Michael Pineda does the same thing. We've talked about it before. Um, and well, we'll get to Michael Pineda in a second, I guess, but it's just he puts on a clinic. Uh, and he did add, like four walks is a high number for Erod. Like I said, that uh, a couple of them came there at the end of the outing, but he he was phenomenal. Eleven whiffs, uh, really solid for Erod, especially you know pushing seven innings and out away from seven innings. Not a bad number there. Uh, the four seam is always going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, the the most thrown pitch for him. Really solid, but the average exit velocity. This is where Erod lives. A 78 and a half mile an hour average exit velo for the game is nutty good. Super, super impressive. Did not give up a single ball over 100 miles an hour the entire six and two thirds either, which in today's day and age of baseball is an immense rarity. So, four seam fastball average exit velocity 83. The cutter average exit velo was 72 miles an hour. Very low. Sinker, 76. Changeup, 76. Slider, never put in play. Just, uh, 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 like I said, a clinic on how to induce weak contact. Only ended with the three Ks. I, I mean, I don't care. Like, and the five hits on top of that, three of them were crazy, just like bad luck fluke hits as well. Like, legitimately three of the five. The first at-bat of the ball game was just a high chopper, and Cedric Mullins is fast as heck. And then Mateo, right after, another just, like, swinging bunt, kind of like whatever, a, a fluky play again. Uh, and Mateo is one of the fastest players. If not, I mean, some metrics will tell you the fastest player in the game of baseball. Like, And, and then there was another one, I want to say, in, like, the third or the fourth that just got under Candelario's glove on a again really weak contact like was to the right of pitcher's mound and Candelario just couldn't put a glove on it just was a a weak contact machine and that is so valuable to have it also means you can go deeper and deeper into ball games in general right because you're you're not going for the strikeout every time you're not um yeah you're not going for the strikeout you're not trying to get three strikes on somebody you're just like hey get yourself out so really 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 good outing from Erod two outings in a row I'm so pumped 
both of those dudes also went 100 pitches, which I think is important. We're at that time in the year. We're no longer easing into it. You, you, you know, once we get into the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, you're going to tr- p- get put out there with the intent to finish the inning. And that's awesome to see, especially with how well the pitching staff just has been rolling this year. Um, then Saturday, we get to Saturday. So Erod A, Scooble A+. Uh, Saturday, Michael Pineda gets hit by a comebacker in the hand. It breaks his finger. He goes to the IL. Um, really tough news because... Oh, it, it sucks. And we got bit by the injury bug hard this weekend. We'll get into that in the third and final segment. But just like with Mize and, and Manning already hurt and, and Tyler Alexander, like it's just this team cannot catch a break at the moment. And the fact that they were able to sweep the weekend, win three games in a row, even with all these injuries piling up, is great. I don't care if it's against Baltimore. That doesn't matter. That's such a lame thing to say to someone. Like, oh, it's against Baltimore. Well, well, okay. I'll be upset that we just swept a team for the first time this year. I'll be upset about it. It's just a ridiculous thing. Anyway, Michael Pineda gets hurt. Um, we'll have to see how they accommodate it. Like I said, a lot of injuries. There's going to be a lot of roster movement. We'll get into that at the end. But for the rest of this game, they then go Willie Peralta and then bullpen and through a shutout. Unbelievably impressive. Unbelievably impressive. Willie Peralta continues to just be one of the best additions of the last two, two seasons. I, I mean, he came up and pitched really meaningful, good baseball for the Tigers last year. When again, we got bit by the injury bug and this year is stepping into a big role and doing the same thing. His ERA this year is 059. He's been remarkable. So, and he's like, he's pumping like 96. He's going out there. I mean, pitched almost three innings in this game out of the pen, John, on no notice um, as he's got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him as, as much as you can get. And then the rest of, I mean, everybody, like I said, it was a shutout. Everybody was great uh, until, you know, the, the, well, no, this game, actually everybody was great. It was Friday's game. That was a roller coaster of emotions. Um, Jason Foley, fantastic. Jason Foley's stuff looked good, which is something that, I mean, you guys remember when, when we sent him down the first time and in spring and early in the season, I was like, this is not the Jason Foley I remember. I I remember being, like, impressed by Jason Foley's stuff and, like, good velocity, good spin on stuff. And this stuff just looked flat at the beginning of the year. And now that he's back, he did give up a couple of hits but had a strikeout and kept him off the board. I I I thought he looked pretty good. I was a lot more impressed with what I saw today than maybe I have been all year with him. Uh, Joe Jimenez continues to look really solid. Uh, The the fastball slider mix for him is – lethal when he's on and and when he's getting the a, a good mix in there and, and tunneling his pitch as well he, he's lethal so uh, re- again continue to be impressed by what i see from joe andrew chafin into the ball game was phenomenal two k's uh what does he call himself the the redneck repair man or something like that 
I don't know. He's just a fun dude. I love Andrew Chafin. And he comes to work and, and does his job, does it incredibly well, and then goes home to his farm. What a guy. Uh, certainly did that on Saturday. And then Gregory Soto. I know Friday's implosion was not fun for every for anybody. Um, and his, his command at the beginning of this outing was still a little spotty. However, I do think that this – was a, a, a much better performance and a big step in the right direction from Soto on Saturday. I thought it was a lot better. Uh, certainly was a lot better than Friday, which again, we will talk about here a, a, after this break. But um, I, I thought that it was a good step in the right direction and that's needed. As much as everybody loves to, to you know, give Soto a ton of crap and lately he's probably deserved some of it. Um, there's no denying that if we can get the dude right, he, he's damn near unhittable so let's keep trying and i thought that saturday was a great step in the right direction had a good mound visit in that game all went well bullpen for the rest of this is there anybody i didn't talk about oh uh, jacob barnes i know he gave up the two home runs on friday but i really like jacob barnes i thought he went out there and pitched really well on sunday I, i i just love the mix he was pumping 97 on sunday the cutter has good movement and it's a like high velocity for a cutter I really like, I genuinely like Jacob Barnes. I I think if I had to rank who I would bring out of the bullpen, like he would be probably in the top five. I'd probably put um, like Soto, Fulmer, Vest ahead of him, the Chafin. Yeah, there you go. So I'd probably put him fifth in in, uh, like, you know, rankings of, of when I want to use him in high leverage. Like, I, I've been really impressed by Jacob Barnes. His ERA is now just over two. Ronnie Garcia. I know he gave up the homer, but honestly, I have been wildly impressed with Ronnie Garcia this season since he got called back up. Uh, he's looked really good. The velocity seems a lot better. The fastball just has more life. I don't know if it's a spin thing because I don't have enough data from pre uh pre-option to Toledo and post-option or post being brought back up from Toledo. But like the, the fastball has got some life on it now. And I've been really, really impressed with him. Um, okay. I think that's everybody. Ex- Alex Lang pitched on Friday. He was good. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. So at, we'll talk about the meltdown that happened on Friday and where we go from here. Then we'll talk about the offense and we will talk about some roster moves. We've got a big third segment coming up, baby. First, I got to tell you all about Built Bar, though. Birthday cake puffs. They just sent all the hosts a box of these birthday cake puffs. They are dangerously good, like crazy. First off, I can't believe how good they taste because they're actually like good for you. Uh, filled with protein, low calorie, low sugar, but really, really good, like dangerously good. Me and and I've been handing out to friends and family and stuff. They are crazy crazy good 150 calories 16 grams of protein and only nine grams of sugar this limited time flavor is an amazing option for you if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day go to built.com to get the birthday cake puffs now go to built.com use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off of your order that's promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com All right, welcome back. Third and final segment. Let's go. Power hour. We got a lot to talk about. Such little time. 
Uh, first off, let's just get the bullpen thing out of the way. We, we were talking about it before the break. We'll, we'll finish up now. Gregory Soto uh, had a, a meltdown on the mound on Friday. And an all-time just completely lost control of everything. First pitch. First pitch. Hit a batter. Then hit the following batter in the exact same spot. So, here's the thing. A.J. Hinch said after the game, uh, if we're in a safe situation tomorrow, Gregory Soto will be the closer. And sure enough, Saturday, they were in a three-run game. Gregory Soto came out and got the job done, didn't give up any runs. The thing is, A, like I said earlier, when he is on, he's one of the most unhittable relievers in, in baseball. But the when he's on is becoming a lot further and, and and farther between. I supported going to him on Saturday, actually. I, I will say. I, I supported the move. If it was a one-run game, I probably wouldn't have. Three runs against the Baltimore Orioles, I, I'm, I'm going to take, take my chances, to be honest with you. And... I would have put him on a short leash, which they did because they literally warmed up Ronnie Garcia with Gregory Soto. Like they warmed them up at the same time. It wasn't even like, oh, after Gregory goes out there for a couple batters, then we'll, no. Like it was literally warmed up with him. I, I think if he had even a, a couple of batters on or, or if maybe even one walk, because like the one base runner he gave up was a really like, not his fault, just a BABIP kind of ball through the infield. Not not really his fault. He hit his spot and everything. Um, so not, not even really to blame too terribly much for, for the hit he did give up in, in that Saturday outing. Um, so I, I think he had a really short leash on Saturday. And I, it's really frustrating because he could be so good. I know everybody's got an opinion on on who should be the closer. You know, some people want Will Vest now because Michael Fulmer's been giving up a couple of runs in his last couple outings. Um, for my money, if I'm in a one-run ball game, I'm putting Michael Fulmer on the mound. Just addressing it. Just putting it out there. Because, like I said, everybody's got an opinion. I've been asked a million times. If the Detroit Tigers are in a one-run game in the ninth inning and I'm A.J. Hinch, I am putting Michael Fulmer in the baseball game. Now, that doesn't mean that in two or three weeks from now, my answer changes, whether it's to Will Vest, whether it's to Gregory Soto, whatever. But as it stands on May 16th, I am probably going Michael Fulmer. And I don't mean that as Gregory Soto should just not get any high leverage situations. He should still be probably number two on there and you should still put him in in high leverage situations because being able to go to a dude that can throw a hundred with movement is still insane. Now got a lot to work on a lot to work on. I'm sure him and Fetter will talk. I'm sure they'll work on some stuff and, and I still believe in the future of Gregory Soto. But as it stands right now, when this team is is so desperate to win some ball games, if it's a one-run game, it's really hard for me to justify going to a dude who I think if you 
in if you combine walks and hit by pitches, I think has more walks plus hit by pitches than strikeouts so far in the year. I think it's really close regardless. You can't in in a one run game, you can't throw a guy out there that has like a 50-50 shot of just putting the go ahead run at the plate and putting the tying run on base. So that's where I stand and that is subject to change and honestly subject to change rather quickly. Like a, a week from now, I could think differently. But as of Monday, May 16th, that's where I stand. The offense was a lot better. Uh, It still was not fantastic. There was a lot that I was still pretty frustrated with. Um, Javi Baez got nice hit, nice double on Sunday. Still looks like he's laboring a little bit at the plate. Miguel Cabrera was on fire this weekend. Uh, Unbelievable. Like in his last, I forget how many games, but it, in his last four or five, somewhere around there games, he's batting like damn near 500. Like he's been unbelievable with power. A couple home runs this weekend. Dude's feeling it. Absolutely love it. Turn back the clock, big fella. Um, Jamer got the day off Sunday, but he's been looking a lot better at the plate. Jonathan Scope's getting a couple of hits here and there. That's good to see. Even with the hits, his, his numbers aren't like fantastic, but he's hitting the ball harder and he's getting on base a little bit. I, I, I think that he's a, a, a corner is starting to be turned. And I feel that way with the whole team, honestly, at, at the moment. I don't think that this is as good as the offense will be. I don't, I don't think all year we're going to just have to be watching games like, well, if we give up more than three, this is going to be a toughie because we can count on our team for like two to four runs, even on a good day. Like, I, I think that there will be, I, I, I still believe that, that there will be good, good, good offense. I still believe that this is a good offense, but I, I think that we're slowly turning the gears. I, I think that, that we're slowly getting there and, and a tor- a, a torner, a corner is being turned. Spencer Torgelson, that's the big hot topic as well, everybody. I, I I just, sending, everybody wants to move, like make roster moves all the time. Sending somebody to AAA doesn't like automatically fix all their problems. And he's going to go down to AAA and then what? Then he's going to get used to AAA timing and then you're just going to bring him right back up. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. And I'm not saying that he could gain value from it. And in... I, I don't think we're there yet, but in who knows a week or two, if he's continuing to hit like a buck 30 or a buck 50 or whatever he's hitting on the year, uh, maybe they, they decide that that's the way to go, but you don't have a steady everyday first baseman to replace him with. And he's been really solid defensively at the position on top of that. And not even just comparing him to rookies amongst all of baseball, he is walking at an incredibly impressive clip. Like one of the better walk numbers in, in the American league. So it's just about timing. It's just about getting the barrel to the ball. He'll come around. It'll all be fine. Um, Robbie Grossman, it's either a walk or an out. He cannot buy a hit. I think he finally had one on Sunday. Uh, but, it, I mean, his at-bats, when he's swinging the bat, I don't know if I've ever seen someone pop out as often as Robbie Grossman has been popping out the last couple of weeks. 
Um, and I think that's everybody of no, I mean, Hayden Harold, shout out Hayden Harold, the dog, Willie Castro, maybe the luckiest player in the history of baseball, which is funny because I think Eduardo Rodriguez might be the unluckiest player in the history of baseball. So, uh, but we're going to keep, keep sending them out there. Keep swinging the, the, uh, the hot hand. I mean, I'm not going to, not going to complain about it. That's for sure. Uh, Tucker Barnhart with a couple hits this weekend. Eric Haas with a homer. That was nice to see. Hopefully he can turn a corner too. It's just, we finally saw extra base hits this weekend. We finally saw doubles. We saw triples. We saw, we saw a multi home run games. We saw a lot of home runs this weekend. It's just, I think I know it's Baltimore. I don't care. We just played Oakland and we didn't do any of this. So that, that that's an irrelevant comment. It is just, it, it's really nice to see the extra base hits, the launch angle a little bit. We're getting under balls. We're sending balls out there. Really nice to see. So I think this series against the Rays that we have will be a great testament to possibilities going forward uh, for this offense and really to uh, a great testament to see where we're at as well. Uh, the only other thing, roster moves. Um, I was really hoping that while I waited as long as I could, and I was really hoping that while we were recording, um, they would announce who they are filling in with now Austin Meadows and Victor Reyes going to the IL. Victor Reyes gets hurt in his first at back back from the IL or from rehab at least. Uh, and then Austin Meadows, like rumored to have vertigo. Like just like getting really dizzy and and like ear infection stuff. I don't know. Uh, so they're both on the IL. Uh, Alex Fiedo will almost certainly get one of the spots as he will start one of the games in Tampa to start off the week. Um, the other one is a little bit of a mystery, but for my money, and again, I was really hoping that while I was recording, they'd announce it, but I waited as long as I could. I got other stuff to do here. Uh so at the time of this, it hasn't officially been announced, but I, at this point, I would be pretty surprised if it wasn't Daz Cameron. I, I think that I know everybody wants to see Cody Clemens because he's been swinging so well down there, but um, I, I'm not sure. I think they want someone who has the ability to play center field. I think they want a true outfielder. And while Cody Clemens has gotten work in the corner outfield positions, um, I, I I think they – I'm not sure they're confident and comfortable just going like, oh, yeah, like Derek Hill's the starting center fielder for the next however long Victor Reyes is out, at least week and a half, possibly longer. So I, I would be surprised at this point if it wasn't Daz Cameron, but we will see. Anything's possible. Um if they are, if they're comfortable with with Derek at center, and uh, it won't be Badu, by the way, he's battling with some illness, I believe. Um, and Clemens has played some corner outfield, so we'll see. We'll see. My interview with him will come out after this Tampa Bay series, by the way. Um, I think that's it. Michael Pineda, IL. Alex Fiedo. Yeah, I think that's everything. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day, and I'll make your second listen. Lockdown MLB, host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Lot, lot to fit into today's show. Ran a little bit long. I apologize for that, but we had a lot to talk about. 
Um, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep keep the win streak rolling, baby. Three's a streak. Three's a streak. Everybody knows that. Let's keep keep the train rolling. Going to Tampa in Tampa. It'll be should be a fun one. Uh, Tampa seems to be so far this year either like they get blown out or they dominate. Like they're a lot of their games have been like, oh yeah, we lost like eleven to four, and then the next game we win like nine nothing and and pitch a gem. So like it'll be really interesting to see what we do. Got some young guns going in that series. Let's keep let's keep it rolling. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.